0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. We're going to read from Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 28. A promise from God in the Old Testament revealed to us in the New Testament. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, keep my judgments and do them, and you will dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you will be my people And I will be your God. Wow, what a precious, precious promise God has given us. And today for a few minutes, I want to preach on this subject. Does anyone here need a new heart? Does anyone here need a new heart? God bless you. You may be seated. When I was a kid, one of my favorite stories growing up was the Wizard of Oz. We even did a Christian spin on that and had the witness of Oz from the scripture and that was so enjoyable. And really, I believe it does fit a lot of people today. There are reasons that some people don't walk with God. One of them is just like the scarecrow, they, they feel they're not smart enough. They they don't have uh, the ability to know enough, so they don't walk with God because they don't feel they're smart enough. And then there's the lion. They're not courageous enough. They're afraid that they would start something and then they wouldn't be able to finish it. And then you don't want to upset the devil. He might come after you, and so you're afraid that you may fail people and Fail, God, and so you don't walk because you don't have courage. And then there's the tin man. The tin man had no heart. We need a new heart and a new spirit. We we need to be refreshed and renewed every day. The new birth experience is not just a one-time thing. It's not just a history It needs to be renewed every day. And so the question that I asked myself when I was putting this together is, do I think like God thinks? Do I love like God loves? Do I have the courage to finish what we've started together? I'm going to take a look with you in Luke chapter 15, if you'd like to turn there, and I want to tell a a story that most of you have heard, but I want to preach from it today, And, and I want to put all my emphasis on this story. Luke chapter 15, verse 12. The younger of the two sons came to his father and said, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living, and not many days hence, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, there's nothing in the the story of the prodigal son that talks about a mother. I don't know why, so I'm not even going to try and speculate but it deals exclusively with one father and two sons. Now the two sons were both raised the same way. It appears that the father treated them equally. He appears to be a fair man. He does everything he can not to show favoritism above one or the other. Matter of fact, when the younger of the two is old enough and says, I want my inheritance now, the father to ensure that there won't be any jealousy, it says, he divided unto them his living, meaning the older son also got his inheritance to that point in his life. He's very, very careful not to do anything to disrupt or show prejudice toward one or the other. But I wanna take a look for just a moment at the younger son. Let's take a look at the younger son's heart. And if you give me just a little bit of liberty, maybe I can even create a situation for you. The younger son has desires. I don't know where he gets them from, maybe it's just his youth, or or maybe he's the one that goes into town and picks up the supplies every once in a while and, and brings them back. And he sees what's going on in the big city and it allures him and it almost sucks him in. He can't stop at the tavern because he's afraid that his father would find out about it. He knows how his father feels about drinking. He sees all the pretty girls. He sees people his age and how they're laughing and it appears they're having so much fun and and how it's so different from living on the farm and, and getting up early in the morning and eating breakfast and working hard all day long and then going to bed at night exhausted. And he says to himself, someday I'm moving to the big city I'm gonna do the things that everybody else does. They seem so happy. I'm missing out on life and they've told me so too, that boy, you know, you're really missing it. You know, there's a lure from the world that comes even against us and against our young people. You know, you're really missing out on the parties. You're really missing out on Saturday night. What everybody else does on Saturday night, that you're not, I don't know what you do on Saturday night, but we have a blast. And you're just missing out. I'm gonna tell you something, folks. You're not missing out on a thing. You were able to get up this morning without a hangover. You did not bow down to the porcelain goddess. You were in the presence of the Lord today and you didn't feel any guilt or any shame. What are you missing out on? Well, what is it that you've given up that is so important to your life? You don't have an addiction to alcohol. You're not reliant on drugs. You've got family members sitting around you. What are you you really missing out on? What is it really costing you to be a Christian? But there was something wrong with the younger son's heart. And finally, he just couldn't take it anymore. And one day he just went and said, Dad, I want off. I want off of this farm. I want what I've earned to this point. I don't want to live a farm life. Maybe it's good for you, but it's not good for me. I've wanted to do this for some time, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I didn't want to be a a disappointment to you, but I just can't take it anymore. I want out. I need to sow my wild oats. I need to do my own thing. So please give me whatever you think is right to this point because I want to leave the home. And the father sits back and realizes he can't keep a son against his will. Now, you're going to have to preach with me today because the message that I'm going to preach in a few minutes probably could be preached for hours. There's so many things in it. But we're talking about the younger son right now. And the younger son wants to leave. You can't keep them against their will when they reach a certain age because it's in their mind and in their heart, and so he leaves. It's reported that he's in with all the other kids his age. He's living riotous living. He's spending money freely. He's, He's buying drinks. He's with women and all kinds of things that he said he always wanted to do. Now he's doing them, and he is the life of the party because he's got a lot of money. And you can buy your friends. And so he's buying drinks and buying friends and having a gay old time. But pretty soon his pockets are empty. He doesn't have any more money. The pretty girl that he thought really liked him, she's moved on to the next. All of his buddies that were around him and laughing and slapping him on the back, they're gone because the money's gone. He never thought ahead, what am I going to do for a job? How am I going to take care of myself when I leave home? So now he's penniless. He has no job. And a famine comes to the land at the same time. Now what am I going to do? He's too proud in his heart to go back to his father and admit that he's wrong and that he's made a huge error in his judgment. So he's stuck. But pretty soon, his belly is hitting against his backbone and he's so hungry that he'll do anything. And so he comes across the man and he says, sir, sir, isn't there some kind of a job that you can give me? I'm so hungry that I feel like I'm starving to death. And the man said, don't you know, there's a famine in the land. Nobody's hiring. He said, well, anything, I'll take anything. He said, well, I'm a pig farmer. You can come and feed the pigs if you want to. And, but I can't afford to pay you much, if anything at all. But you can eat what the pigs eat. You can eat off of their husks. That's your job. You want it, you can have it. That's all I have to offer you. <clears throat> and because of his hunger, he takes it. And while he's in that condition, eating with pigs and eating what pigs eat. He said, what have I done? All of my dreams have turned into nightmares. All that I thought would bring me happiness has brought me brokenness. Why, even my father's servants have much, much better conditions than this. You know, I've not only turned my back on my father, I've turned my back on God. I've sinned against God and in the presence of my father and my brother. I'm ashamed of myself. Do you know what's happening? His heart is breaking. And he's seeking God for a new heart. And he determines, it says, and when he came to himself, because nobody else came to him. Nobody else came to his rescue. Not his father, not his family, not his so-called friends, Nobody came to him, but he came to himself and he came to these conclusions. And what he did was he repented. He repented. Man, I have messed up. I will go back to my father. He prepares what he's gonna say to his father. And I will say, father, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your servants. Give me any job, and I'll do it, and I'll do it gladly. Folks, the most important thing that can happen in a person's life is repentance, Don't read anything in here and say, oh, now he's leaving the the apostolic. I'm not leaving the apostolic doctrine. Baptism in Jesus' name is important if you're concerned about your sins being remitted. It's important. And receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and a new spirit and a new heart and a a new mind, every bit is important. But if you've got a lousy, sinful heart, If you haven't come to a place where you realize that the mistakes that have been made are mistakes that have been made by you, it's not God punishing you, it's your bad choices that brought you to this place. And if you never come to the point where you say, I was wrong, please forgive me. If you never get to that place, God can't give you a new heart. But if you do get to that place and you say, Lord, I messed up in my thinking, I messed up in my heart, my life is a mess and it's my fault, I accept responsibility, but have mercy on me, Father. Have mercy on me and give me a new heart, a new mind and a new spirit. You'll find a God that has been waiting to hear those words for a lifetime. And he will respond speedily. Now let's go to the father for a minute. How does the father feel? He's got two boys. He tried to raise them both the same way. He treated him equally fair. One of them leaves him. The other one stays. It breaks his heart when the younger son leaves his house. But he can't keep him. So he gives him what he believes is fair and lets him go. But do you know what he does? He watches and he prays for him every day. When the day is done, he's sitting in the porch in his rocking chair. I can just imagine my son coming back down the road. Someday, my son's going to be back because. The Bible said, if I train up a child in the way that he should go, when he's old, he will not depart from it. When he really gets desperate for God, he's gonna know where to go and he's gonna know what he needs to do. So I'm keeping my eyes down that dusty road and I'm believing God's promises and I'm loving my son and I'm praying for him and I'm believing one day... He's coming home. He's coming home. And sure enough, he looks down the road one day, and way off in the distance, he recognizes that it's his son. Now, because I don't want to interrupt the flow of this message and, and, and the flow of the Spirit, I'm not going to read it because I think you know it, but I'm going to remind you of what happens next. He sees that boy coming the boy has a speech prepared. Okay, he's got that ready. But when that father sees that son coming back home, he just can't sit there anymore. He gets out of his chair, he starts running down the road as fast as he can to meet his son, and before they can say anything to each other, he falls all over this boy and starts kissing him on the neck. And telling him how much he's lo- he loves him. And how much he's missed him. The boy hasn't given his speech yet. He hasn't given his repentance to his father. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Just the fact that he'd even make his way back home. Causes something to rise up in the father. That he just can't hold himself back. From loving and kissing on his son. Folks there's gonna be a day where you're gonna to get to be the father. And I hope you act the way that this father acted. No, he didn't chase his son when he wanted to go to sin, but when he saw him coming back from sin, before he could even repent, well, I'll accept them if they'll repent. No, you even see him. Anywhere, anytime, you fall on him and you kiss him and you love him because that's what the father's heart is. He's got the right heart. He's got the right heart. And when that kissing and all that takes place, finally the son speaks up. And he says, Dad, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son Would you just even give me a job and treat me like one of your servants? I don't deserve to sleep in your house, to eat at your table. Can I just go to the bunkhouse with the rest of the hired hands and live with them? Just give me any job. I'll do any job. Folks, you gotta let the process happen. Don't get in there and mess up what God is allowing to happen. And the father looks at his son and he says, he heard the repentance. He heard the repentance. He said, hey boys, go get the best robe. Go get the ring. Go kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. My son that was lost is found And now he's back home and we're all gonna rejoice together. We're having us a big old party. You know that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. And you know who that one sinner was at one time? It was you. Do you know heaven had a party when you came to an altar and you talked like the prodigal talked? Heaven was rejoicing. And the father was right there. And here he's pouring out all these gifts on you again. Well then, there's one more thing left to deal with. Then there's the elder son. Now the elder son was a good boy. He never got in trouble. There's no record of him getting in trouble. He never complains about the great sacrifices that he makes while working on the farm. But he's coming home now and he hears all this music and all this merriment. And one of the servants is outside of the house and he calls him over and says, Hey, what's going on here? Well, you remember your brother that left home? Yeah, he's back home. And your father has killed the fatted calf and he's restored him and we're having a big old party. And the elder son didn't like it. And he shook his head and he sat down in the dirt and pouted like a little baby. And the servant looked at him and said, my, my, my. He couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. So you know what he did? He went to the house and he found the father. And he said, your eldest son is sitting in the dirt outside and he is mad. He's mad because of the party that's going on. Now watch the father's heart. He wouldn't go after the sinful son that said, I want to go and do my own thing. But when he hears the son that stayed home and has been willing to work and has been faithful all these years, he goes out to meet him. There are some people that God will go out for. And this was one of them. So he goes out to him and he said, son, what's wrong? He said you know what, I've obeyed every command you've ever given me. I've been a faithful son. I've worked hard all my life. I've never given you any grief. I would do anything that you've ever asked me to do. And you've never given me a party. Now this younger son, who's whined and complained about how many hours he had to work every day, and finally you give him half of the inheritance, and he goes out and spends it on riotous living, he's ruined the... He's ruined the reputation of our family. He's embarrassed you. He's wasted what we've both worked hard for. And he comes home, and what do you do? You give him a party. Man, at a minimum, I'd have put him on probation. But not you? Oh, no. You just restore him and make him like part of the family. Now, let me ask you about the elder son's heart. What kind of a heart does he have? I think I may have heard it. He's got a pharisaical heart. Now, here's, I I want to talk to the church for a minute. Here's one of the things we better be concerned about that we don't get a pharisaical heart. You know what, God? I could understand why you'd want to give me a party. Because, you know, I, I, I go to church and I pay my tithes and I, I work in this ministry and I do all these things and I don't go out and do all these other things. I thank my God that I'm not like that sinner over there. I mean, you've really got a good son in me. I'm really a great guy. You're blessed to have me. Parasitical heart. I am so glad that I'm not getting what I deserve. I don't deserve anything. Is there anybody hearing me what I'm saying? You don't deserve anything. You haven't earned anything. You can't earn your salvation with your good works. If it wasn't for the mercy and the grace of God and the heart of God, we'd all be lost, and deservably so. But we forget We forget when we become a part of the household and we experience the Father's love and we experience the blessings that he places on our lives and and we try to do so many things right that if we're not careful, we become self-righteous. And we think that God owes us. Oh, I, I may hit a nerve here. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But sometimes we begin to wonder, you know what, how come this guy over here that's not living for you is blessed and I'm not blessed? I've earned the blessing. Really? You really think you've earned the blessing? I don't think I have. After all that God has done for me, the little things that I do not to earn his salvation, not to get on his good side, not to to get another blessing. I'm just just really glad I get to even be a part of the family. But not this boy. Self-righteous. So here comes the father's heart. I want you to see this. This is... uh, Still in Luke chapter 15. Son 31. Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is thine. You hear that? I came to this conclusion the other day. I'm living off of the earnest of my inheritance. I'm not living off of the inheritance. The principle is banked. I'm just getting a little bit of interest. And God, whatever you can save for a reward later on, save it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. And I'm not worthy of it. Just make me as one of your servants. I don't want to be a servant. I want to be treated like a son. He that is greatest among you, let him be be a servant to all. And then he says, the father says in his heart, "It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this your brother was dead. He's alive again." He was lost and he's found. How do we feel when somebody comes in to visit Abundant Life and they aren't like us? How do we treat them? What kind of a heart do we have? And what kind of a mind do we have? Because a big part of the mind is the memory. Do you remember how you felt the first time you ever walked into the presence of God and you saw all these other people? What did you want from them and and did you feel like you were worthy? And did people go out of their way to show you how much they loved you and cared for you? That's what the father's talking about here. Your brother was lost. Now he's found. That's why we're rejoicing. That's why we're having a party. But the party should be mine. Let me conclude with this story. And I think we're going to have the children's group going to come in and sing if you want to let them know we're ready for them. This is a true story. An elderly couple were coming back from the mission field. They'd spent most of their life on the mission field preaching the gospel. And now they were old and tired and wore out, and they came back on this big steamship. And when the steamship approached New York Harbor, all of a sudden, everybody heard these bands playing and people shouting. What the missionaries didn't realize is that the president of the United States was on that ship. And everybody was waiting for him to come into New York Harbor. And when he got off of that ship, everybody was clapping and standing, and the bands were playing. And the elderly couple were getting off of the ship, and nobody was there to meet him. They didn't have very much money. They didn't have a huge savings where they knew exactly what they could do with their retirement. And the man said that he admitted that he was sorrowful. And he said, similar to what the elder son said, you know, Lord, we gave our whole lives to you. Now we come home, there's nobody here to meet us. We don't know what we're going to do. And this other guy comes and there's a big band playing and everybody's shouting his praises. Can you explain that to me? And the Lord spoke to his mind and said, you're not home yet. Did you hear what I just said? You're not home yet. You want the band? You want the fatted calf? You want the rejoicing? You want the party? It's coming. It's called the marriage supper of the lamb. Just stay in the house Keep your nose clean. Serve God and serve one another. Don't be jealous. Ask God to give you a new heart and a new mind. And one day, we'll eat the fatted calf together. And we'll rejoice together. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at two six two nine six five five one seven seven, or email us at info at AbundantLifeChurch.org.